minute, you guys, I've got the one and only Dia Miller on. She is obviously the episode 17 guest. So we are going to get into the 10 secret segment questions. You guys can get to know her just a little bit better. So Dia, without further ado, here we go. We'll start right. it off. <laughs> what is your favorite color? My favorite color is turquoise. Really? I was just gonna say I feel so high maintenance saying turquoise over like yellow or like blue, but it's it's a different color. So So fun fact actually about that question is from uh Nitz Blovstein was the first person that I did secret segment with for like the first eight secret segments. Every single guest said blue. I'm like, somebody needs to say something. Really? So blue? I accept turquoise as long as it's not blue. <laughs> it is not for a blue. second I, there, I was like, I have to take this question out. Like, every person <laughs> is going to say blue. I find that interesting because I feel like blue might be my least favorite color. Like, that's such an interesting, of all the colors that everybody would pick, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it was, like, one of those weird psychological things where, like, when you're asked that question, that's, like, oh, the maybe. thing that comes off the top of your head, Yeah. but I don't know. It was weird, so thank you for saying turquoise. <laughs> you know, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one gets a little tough for people, surprisingly, but if you had to pick one candy to eat forever, what would it be? Oh, why is that so hard? Gummy worms. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I I'm not I'm not a big chocolate person. Like I cannot eat just solid chocolate. It has okay. to be mixed in something or whatever. I don't really like nuts. I don't really like which like who wants nuts in their candy? Like that's like, <laughs> just saying that's weird. Um so yeah, but I like like gummy, chewy things. This is getting very descriptive. I like okay. gummy ferns. <laughs> Okay, question two B then: sour or regular gummy worms? Regular, but they have. There's like so. I'm. A, I feel like I'm a gummy worm connoisseur because I like. There, I'm so picky about them. Like I will squeeze the bag to feel like how they. Because some of them are like you can't chew through them. Like it, it hurts to. Yeah, eat they're them. super hard. Yeah, and so I, I want them to be like. There's, there's a specific gas station kind of gummy worm that are like the easiest to eat, and they're amazing. And so anytime I find them, I like stock up because I'm like, yes, they're, they're. I don't want to have to just go to the gas station in the middle of the night to get gummy worms. Totally. Okay. Taking notes, Dia, gummy worm connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you ever have gummy worm questions, I am your girl. <laughs> Add that to the resume. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Okay. Question number three, this can be any, like at any point in life or related to anything. What is the best vacation you've ever been on? Oh man. Um... <laughs> I think I would have to say when I was, so I actually grew up in Oregon, but I live in, in Southern California now. But okay. when I was, when I was 15, um, I was still living in Oregon. My family didn't have a lot of money growing up. Right. Our vacations were driving from Ashland, which is like Southern Oregon to Portland to visit my grandparents. Like that was vacation. Right. And when I, when I was 15 and I'm also an only child. So, like, vacation was me and my parents. Um, so, when I was 15, my parents surprised me and said we were going to Disneyland, and my cousins were coming. And so, it was, like, me and my parents and my aunt and uncle and my four cousins who I'm super close to, 
and we drove like we road trips like we were stopping at random trees that looked cool on the side of the road like it was and and for someone who had like never been on an actual vacation like that it was the coolest thing and then we were at Disneyland and we went to SeaWorld and we went to like Mission Bay like we went to all these places that now are very familiar to me but right. we were living here and so it was it was just and it was really fun being with my cousins and I to this day like I mean that was a lifetime ago and I still feel like so many of my childhood memories are wrapped up in that vacation. That's a good That's vacation. That's so cool. Yeah, I feel like also being an Oregon kid and also being an only child, I do have two step siblings, but they were both uh, six and eight years older than me. Yeah. And um, so definitely like the going on vacation with my parents thing is so relatable. But I feel like as an Oregon yeah. kid, when you're little like that and you go to California. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like this big glamorous thing and you yep. feel so cool and I got to go to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bought an In-N-Out t-shirt. Like I, we made an entire trip to go to In-N-Out. Like I stood next to the In-N-Out sign and my mom took a picture of me. Of and course. now I'm like, we have In-N-Out everywhere. Like I eat it regularly. It's such, like, it's so funny to me, the things that at the time were like, oh my gosh. And now we're just part of like it's just it's wild but that was a fun trip that was a really fun trip I think the craziest part about what you just said is that there's now three in and outs in Oregon there's one in Medford oh. one in Grants Pass and one in Kaiser of all moving places. on up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so even like to your point even the in and out California experience is like a little less grandeur right right now because Oregon has some like it's way yeah. more accessible to people in Oregon but yeah that's cool I definitely live for Disneyland stories I love I love Disney <laughs> I same I I Disney is a is a magical place <laughs> absolutely it really is okay so you touched on one of them uh a couple of questions ago but name one food you absolutely will not eat under any circumstance oh sushi Oh, really? I can't, I can't, I can't stomach it. And the truth of the matter is I've never actually tried it, <laughs> but I, I eat a little bit. You don't bit like, like the idea of it. I don't like the idea. I eat a little bit like a child. Like I like things very plain. I like them very basic. Um, and so the idea of like raw and I like seafood, right. some seafood. Um, but the idea of like a raw, I just, I can't, I just can't, my brain can't get past that long enough to actually try it. So a sushi is one of those foods that I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do without, like I don't eat it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like sushi is one of those things that people either love it or they absolutely are like, nope, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. Cause I actually have that's what I'm having for lunch today. I left <laughs> this <sushi from> yesterday. <laughs> you're right though. There's no in between. There's like no middle ground on sushi. It's a it's a debate topic. Like that's oh, the kind of thing that you you there's no middle ground. You can't just like be whatever about sushi. Absolutely. I fully agree. <laughs> <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> okay, so this one gets really exciting. Obviously, this is sports talk mostly. So everybody loves answering this question because it ties us to what we're currently doing. But what, if you can remember, was the first live sporting event that you ever attended? I don't remember going to it, but I know what it was. Okay. Um, 
I, when I was a baby, like before I was even a year old, I was at a blazer game at the, the, it was when it was the, yeah, it was when it was the, um, not the Rose Garden, the, the Portland Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. That'll age me. Um, so yeah, I was a baby and my mom said they ended up, um, taking me into like a bar because I, like they needed to get me out of this. Like, I just, I wasn't holding still. And so they like were out with me walking around the, the arena. But yeah, I was, I was in that stadium when I was, when I was tiny, my grandparents, when I was little had season tickets. So okay. that was, that would be the first, the first, I think the first memory of a game that I had, I was also a trailblazer game. I was okay. little, but I wasn't, I mean, I, I don't remember obviously being a baby, but I remember being a little kid and being at blazer game. Right. Right. Yeah. Mine was, I was a baby. Nobody's actually, I don't think I've ever actually said this on the podcast, which is so weird. Yeah. You got to share. I was a baby at when the ducks were in the Rose bowl in 1990. Cause I was born in June of 1990. And, um, I was a baby baby when they went to that. And that was my first sporting event, but definitely agree with you. The first one that I remember was a Blazers game. Yeah. So. I mean, it's kind of solidifies the fandom, I think, when you <laughs> get in there at a young age and you really like it to experience it, it's hard to not love it. Oh, yeah. Like, the, uh, the memories from, I mean, and to me, you probably agree, but it will always be the Rose Garden. Like, yeah, yeah. I sometimes will say the Rose Garden at Moda Center just so that people who aren't from Portland know what I'm referring to. Right, but if right. you're a diehard Trailblazers fan, it is the Rose Garden. It's not yeah. the- it's not it's so weird it's so like I, and it's ironic because I've never actually been to the Moda Center since it's been the Moda Center Same. so it's like it's just such a weird like I don't I I mean I'm glad it's still like they added at the rose quarter like keeping the rose theme but it's yeah it's weird it's it's too bad I mean I know it's a sponsorship so I get it but like it's a bummer you know when you grow yeah. up with something like that that's just and it's the rose gar- like it's so cool and so and I, I don't know if that'll ever completely die maybe when our kids are like older and you know those of us who grew up going to that have have moved on that sounds really morbid but like I know <laughs> maybe eventually Wait. but for now it's the rose garden I think a lot of us though wish that even though Moda Center like took the branding of it that they would have at least kept the homage to the Rose Garden or whatever, but maybe someday the pressure from the fans will get them to change it back or yeah. put an actual Rose Garden there. Or do something to yeah. Right? yeah. Seriously. But, um, okay, so uh, let's see. This is fifth question, I think. If you had to choose, now this one gets fun. If you had to choose one actor or actress to play you in a film about you... <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Yeah, this is actually something I've thought about because, you know, I'm obviously going to have a movie made about my life one day. Obviously. (laughs) I feel like this is a question that I've been asked before and like have have put serious thought into. Um, Yeah, I, I don't really know what it is about her, but I've had people tell me over the years that I remind them of her, which is a weird thing because I don't look like her and it's, it's, like you're not seeing who she actually is. You're seeing her play characters. Right. So I, I think that's a, like, I don't really, I don't ever ask why I maybe should, but I've had people over the years tell me that. And I just think like, okay, I could see it. That would work. That would yeah. Work. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, what about you? I'm curious. That's a good question. Oh man. Okay. So I always get told that I look like a brunette, a brunette version of Blake Lively. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I wouldn't def- have thought that, but it's definitely the mole under my yeah, eye for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she has a similar one. Hers is a little bit lower and a little bit more into her cheek, but she has a very yeah. similar beauty mark. Um, so I get, I get that a lot, Yeah, I but I feel that. like personality wise, I love Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, she's great. She yeah. Is. Absolutely love her. I'm very feisty like her, very yeah. tomboy, very, you know, <clears throat> she plays a lot of those roles, but that is definitely who she is as a person. Yeah. Um, she's part of the LGBTQ community. So she's very, very comfortable with herself and who she is. She can yeah. do like the girly glam makeup and ball gown thing, but she can yeah. also do the flannel and boxers yeah. boy thing too. For and sure. I think that really, really aligns with me. Yeah. Um, and I just love, love her personality. So that's probably okay. one of those two is probably who I would go with. It's interesting because I think you do get like, you get actors and actresses that end up playing characters that probably they identify with to some degree. Yeah. So yeah, I guess if you, maybe that, and maybe that's what it is, is the characters which I don't know if I, I don't know how to take that, but you know, it, well, it's. <laughs> and I think with you, the Rachel McAdams thing, we're getting like into a think piece on this. I love it. I think with you, the Rachel McAdams thing comes from like the verse, like the versatility in emotion. Like she can play like the bitchy mean girl, but she can also play like the sensitive emotional girl in love. Yeah, that's, and That's solid. That's, you that's, know, yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to be a, um, very in, in very emotional. <laughs> it's a wild roller coaster. I said to someone the other day that I, how did I say it? That I was realistic with a flair of dramatic. And I feel like that is pretty accurate. Amen. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So this one is fun. It can be very, very serious or it can be very, okay. very simple. What is one thing you've learned in the past week? Oh, man, in the past week. <laughs> um, I feel like this is something that I learn regularly. It's not anything okay. new. But I think just that reminder of, like, you can't, you can't judge someone by a, a small piece. Like, there's so much to people that, like, it's so easy to – um, get to know someone online or get to know somebody for their, you know, persona or whatever, or even in real life, you get to know them just a little bit. Right. And it's really easy to like make judgments about who they are as a person from that little piece. And yeah. I think that, I think that that's, I think that's human nature. I think we just do that automatically. There's probably some, you know, deep reason for that, but I think it's, I think that's a constant reminder, but especially this week was a good reminder of that, that like you, you really don't know somebody from that. Like until you actually get to know a person, there's so much that you miss out on. And I feel like at so many stages in my life, there have been people that I like didn't like or had a bad like vibe from or whatever that right. like my best friend since I was 15, like when we first met each other, we did not like each other. <laughs> and I think it's so easy to make like snap judgments. And so I think it's so important and something that I feel like I constantly have to remind myself of that, like, you, I don't want to say you can't judge a book by its cover. That's so cliche, but like, right. you, you shouldn't, 
you shouldn't always go off your first impression. You Absolutely. You should always be open to getting to know someone better because otherwise you, you probably will end up missing out on a lot of really good people. That's so true. I agree with you on that. I think girls are definitely more uh, prominent about this, but I feel like a lot of women have friends that are dear, dear friends to them that they can admit that when they first met, they did not like each yeah. other. And I feel like part of that is society, but like you said, also part of that is like some sort of like deep ingrained human trait that we all have yeah. to like kind of like put a guard up or be cautious yeah. of what maybe we see negatively about ourselves and somebody else yeah. like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and I know <laughs> I'm one of those people who seems like very aggressive and abrasive online sometimes, but then you get to know me and I'm like so sensitive. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. you're saying, sometimes people have like a persona that is yep. one way because of different things. Yeah. Um, that is like their guard to who they really are because they don't want to be vulnerable yeah. in that way. So that's definitely such important advice and such a good reminder, I think, for people to just like, it's Tuesday, you know, it's a new week. This is going to come right. out hopefully later tonight. So people will take this and with their week and go into it. Like now that COVID and people are getting their vaccinations, things are opening up yeah. again. People are interacting a lot more with people that they don't know. Right. You know, the last year or so has been us surrounded constantly by people that we probably know really, really well and are probably a little sick of. <laughs> right, right. And so now that we're like getting back into integrating into society, so to yeah. speak, that I think that's a really, really good reminder to just yeah. chill out get to know somebody a little bit past that first wall that they reveal. Yeah. And I think like for me, I was, I was always friends with guys. My comfort zone has always, my whole life has been with, with guys. Like Same. I grew up, my best friends growing up for the most part were, were boys. Like even as a teenager, I always felt more comfortable with my guy friends. Um, I always struggled to make friends with girls like that. Just for whatever reason, that was always really hard for me. And I think, I experienced as a kid, like a lot of rejection from, from other girls and, and, right. you know, got teased off and on by other girls. And, and so, and the guys didn't care, like it was so easy and whatever. And so I think because of that, there's like a subconscious level where I, I'm always a little intimidated by women. Right. Because I feel like I, like you kind of go back to that place of being a child. And so when I actually, when I like, when I get to know, I, it's rare that I meet women that I don't like when I actually yeah. get to know them, yeah. but it's such a, like, it's so natural and easy for me to go into a situation where, with men and like get along easily with them <laughs> versus like women is it's scary and intimidating. Like if you tell me I have to go work with, you know, a, a room full of men, I'm not going to feel intimidated. Right. If you tell me I have to go work with a room full of women, I'm going to be intimidated. I'm going to probably end up having a blast but I'm going to be terrified. Really nervous. Yes. Yeah. I, I so agree with that. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. And I think one thing that like being in sports and like knowing that the camaraderie between women in sports exists as it does, I feel like that's something that we can maybe like flip the script on and get it yeah. to pour out to other industries. Yeah. I feel like a lot of women would agree with that statement and it, 
doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> especially when you realize like they feel the same way I do. Yeah. Like, it's And so I think just like, I always try to like make an effort to just like, Hey, hi, you know, smile. And I like, especially because of the stigma of people saying like smile or smile more or whatever, like there's kind of a thing, like when men say that to women, it's, it, there's, there's, you know, connotations there. But I do think that there's something to be said for like, when you smile, you're more approachable. Totally. So like, if you're in a situation, like all it takes, I mean, I, I, all it takes with women is like, you smile at them and tell them they have cute shoes and you're friends for life. Like totally. it doesn't take much, like it doesn't take much. It's just the, it's just the letting your guard down and allowing yourself to do that and not like feel like you have to protect yourself from them. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's so true. So true. I fully agree. Uh, hopefully, like I said, we can get, get that mentality spilling yeah. out into other industries and other communities a little bit more. Cause I yeah. think that the sports like women in sports and that family, there is so much of like, I even said it about Vic on my five female Friday. Like there's so much reaching back to help out the other woman yeah. that's below you. And so many women are giving advice to women that have like an eighth of the platform that they do. Right. You know what it's I mean? Beautiful. Like, yeah, like girls like Meg Reyes, Ari Chambers, they are constantly interacting with people on social yep. media that, that that are not even on their level. Right. As far as like visibility goes. Yeah. And it's it's just really cool to see and really heartwarming. So I'm glad that you touched yeah. on that. So and I think that leading into this next question, I think I know how you're gonna answer based on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Pick one to be for a day, hero or villain? Villain. <laughs> villain for sure like I I grew up always being the kid that followed the rules always right. and even as an adult I I tend to be I, I think I've gone through things in the last several years that have taken me from someone who is very much a people pleaser and right. made my decisions based primarily on people being happy with me and making right. like the right decisions you know so that people wouldn't be upset with me or people would feel like I was making good choices with my life versus mm -hmm. like what I actually felt like were good choices for my life or what I actually yeah. wanted. Yeah. Um, and it took going through some kind of traumatic life-changing things to get to that point, to be honest. Right. Um, and, and so I think because of that, like, and it was funny cause, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of really trashy TV. Like I like the stupid, like reality, like, like the, I can't even think of a good, like the Kardashians. I love okay, the me Kardashians. Too. Or like Jersey Shore, like these, yeah. like so, and and I think that I I've I've been thinking about this a lot lately because somebody asked me like, why do you watch this? And or Vanderpump Rules, I love Vanderpump Rules. Where else am I gonna get my drama? Well, and so and that's the thing, like I feel like it's fascinating to me because that was so far from my life, like that was never my life, and so I watch the stuff and I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. what is this? And so I think if I if I was gonna be a hero or a villain for a day, it would be a villain. That yeah. being said, I would never want to hurt people, so I would be a, a, a very unique villain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, especially on the sentiment of like I love like the mystique and the mysteriousness of the villain, yeah. um, but I also like the idea of a villain actually putting the villainous into the hands of the person making the choice yeah you know because yeah. the villain can very much also not be like you're saying not necessarily an active villain when you're harming right. 
impactful or changing the course of people's lives, but you're the villain that's like the devil on the shoulder, so to speak. Like (laughs) tempting somebody to choose between right and wrong just to see who they are and what they're made of. You know what I mean? Like Oh, this sounds terrible. Maybe I just switch my answer. (laughs) I can't even make it through the question. (laughs) But I agree. So I'm with you on that. I definitely will. I'll play the villain role. (laughs) Somebody has to. (laughs) Right, right. Where would we be without the villain? Not everybody can be the hero, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to be the hero. I don't know. I don't feel very heroic a lot of the time. So I feel like villain is more. (laughs) Yeah, it's easier for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, this one's maybe a little bit easier and less like morally pressing, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite day of the week? You know, this used to be so much easier to answer when I was working like a regular job with regular hours. Um, But I like, it literally doesn't I, the days of the week run together. I don't know that I have like a favorite, I, a Tuesday. Cause there's tacos. That's the okay. best. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Go Tuesday. Like there's just, LeBron there's, plays. yeah. Like there's no, there's no, there's no measure of the days anymore. It seems like, like my Friday is often the same as my Monday and my Tuesday is the same as my Sunday. Like it just, because of the nature of my work, like it's not regular. And so it's all over the board. And so there's not like, a, I can't. Yeah. So that's, that's literally the only thing I can think of that marks the days is Taco Tuesday. I love okay, tacos. Perfect. There it is. You heard it here first. Dia Miller's favorite day of the week is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> when my daughter was first going to school and they were learning the days of the week, she was like, she's going through the days of the week and she's like, Sunday, Monday, Taco Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, she legit thought that's what it was called. So I call that a major win in my life. Yes. As, as a parent. And and Taco Tuesday is the best. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, we're going to end it on potentially a controversial note. This okay. too- Again, this can be one of those things that's like super minute or it can be like super deep and detailed. Okay. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? Oh, man. I don't know if it's a specific piece of advice, Mm -hmm. like a specific thing, but the idea of um, (laughs) having to stick to one path. Totally. Like once you've started or like you're deep in it, you're successful in what you're doing, you've put the time in, that's your career for life. Um, I have been unhappy in careers more than once and have made more than one change. And I think, you know, I've watched my friends over the years who picked a career path, did it the right way, um, the right way I should put in quotations, right. yeah. um, and hate their job, hate it. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that your job is and now granted the last year has changed things slightly but for the most part your job is where you spend the most of your time you know if you're working a nine to five job you're going to work from nine to five and then you're coming home and you're eating dinner and you're you know watching a show or something and going to bed like your life is work and so to me I've always said like it's more important to do something I would rather do something I love and live paycheck to paycheck 
than do something I hate and be the richest person in the world. And so, but I think, I think it's a very common, um, and I mean, I feel like I've heard so many times over the years, like you need to, you need to pick what you're going to do and you need to do it, like stick with, stick with it. Um, and I think that stick with it is not always a bad thing. Like if you're determined to do something and you don't want to give up and it's something you want, then sticking with it is solid advice, but it's not good advice if you're encouraging someone to stay in a career path that they hate. Absolutely. Well, and I think to your point about doing things the right way that people get this idea of like, okay, well, I graduated high school and I went immediately into college and I did my four years and I declared my major right off the bat. And, you know, maybe I got a minor also while I was there because I took enough courses and so on and so forth. But then they get out and they get into a career that potentially was like a university to career pathway because of an internship or something of some sort. And their job that they wanted at the start of all of it is not the job that they're actually doing. Yeah. And so they go into it with this idea of like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this, but the actual description and the degree in which they hold to get them into that position is not the accurate one for what they want to do. Right. Right. Or people think that they want to do a job and then they get the job and they hate it. True. I mean, you, you, you don't really fully know what you're getting into until you get into it. And so you can, you can think that a career looks amazing and get there and just be like, man, I hate this. Yep. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And I definitely think that, you know, with, all, all the people that I'm considering in our, like, specific to our Blazers community, like, you have single moms, you have, you know, middle-aged women that had kids pretty young who now are, like, empty nesters at, like, right. two or so, and all of these people who are finding that the internet is so much more of a connecting place than it used to be even three or four years ago. I mean, we've got Twitch, we've got Clubhouse, we've got TikTok, like, all of right. these different platforms where you can let people into what you're doing in the, that moment specifically. Instagram yeah. Live, Facebook Live is another one. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's so important to remember that just because you did something and you committed something for a short time doesn't mean that you can't have um, other interests and passions that you yeah. pursue in depth. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, success isn't linear. You know what right. I mean? Success right. is one of those things you have to, Sometimes it's like the old uh, putting a football player in ballet classes. You know what I mean? You have to learn other skills to be good at the skills you want to be really, really good at. Right, right, right. Well, and I I think too, like there's, there's so much pressure because of social media. Like social media is a beautiful, wonderful thing, but it also is evil. (laughs) Like, like you get, you get so so, like, it's literally a highlight reel. Right. And there's just, I mean, there's no way of getting around that. Like, there's no way of getting around. I think everybody, to some degree, is going to compare themselves to the people around them. And I think social media makes that so much harder because you're seeing just this tiny, you're seeing what people want you to see. Yeah. And I mean, how many times do you, like, you hear that somebody breaks up and you're like, oh my gosh, but they were so happy. You have no idea. That's what they put out there, but you don't know. And it's the same thing with so many situations, like, you know, I, I remember when I had children, this is kind of going off the topic here, but I remember when I had children, like Instagram was a new thing. Yeah. And, um, I remember like I was a mess. 
like you when you have when you have a child like your entire life changes you don't know what the heck you're doing suddenly your job is to keep a human alive you don't know what they're thinking you don't know like it's it's exhausting and I would see all these like moms on Instagram and I so desperately wanted connection because I felt so lonely in what I was doing right um and you would see all these moms on social media that just their lives look so perfect. And I remember thinking like, I must be doing this wrong. Like I must be doing this wrong. And, 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 and it didn't take long for me to be like, you know what, this is just not who I am. Like, I'm not going to be this person. Like I'm going to tell you that my day with the kids was a disaster, but man, they're cute, you know? And I just think, I think that there's so much wrapped up in social media and the pressures and that, and that goes back to jobs as well. Like people glamorize these jobs that they like, the fact of the matter is anyone who's ever worked in sports can tell you like there's stuff that just sucks and there's parts of it that are tiring and, and exhausting. And yeah, like it's a, it's a freaking dream and I'm grateful to do what I do, but there are days where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, but I'm not posting that stuff online because like, First of all, there's, there's not everything needs to go online, right. um, but I think it's just so easy to glamorize things. And so people get caught up in that. And so I think sometimes p- people pick a career path based on what they see other people portraying that to be. Yes. And then when they get there, they're like, well, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> yes, that's so true. And so true in so many other aspects of life, like you said, with the social media thing and all of that, the breakups. There's so many different things, like you said, that people can post to control what people think of them or think of their life or think of right. their job yeah. and what have you, that it doesn't paint the full picture. It doesn't right. paint the stuff like, yeah, cool, I'm courtside for an NBA game filming all of these different plays to put on social media, but then nobody shows or talks about the eight hours of editing and the eight right. hours of sitting right. film and the eight hours of finding shots that are going to yep. be um, you know, worthwhile on social media that people right. are like, oh, that was so sick instead of like, sweet, why are you showing us this? You know? Or like, hey, I, you really missed a big shot. Like, how could you do that? Or whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, there's so much that doesn't get talked about. And, and it shouldn't necessarily, I'm not saying we should be like, hey, I really messed up today at work. Like, <laughs> right, but, right. I, I, but I do think it's important to be realistic and not put out these, um, not glam- over glamorize things that you know, I think it's important to be real and honest to some degree. Yep. So true. Awesome. Well, that concludes the secret segment. So thanks for all of your time and your opinions. And we will see you over on the main episode 17 of Sports Talk Mostly podcast. Sound right, boy.